Hello, beautiful people. Thank you for clicking on this episode and joining us here at the Melanated Intellects Podcast. My name is Patrice. And my name is Shayla. We are here to talk about everyday melanated topics while bringing a distinct intellectual perspective. Thanks so much for joining. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. And thank you so much for clicking on this episode. This is Women's Month. March is the month for women. So we will be having um, several episodes this month focusing around what we consider to be issues um, within the Black woman community. Um, So where we wanted to start, um, which I feel like we touched on this in Natural Hair, um, which was our first episode of season one, is texturism. Um, so we felt like it was time to to have an episode dedicated to texturism. Um, if you haven't checked out Natural Hair, because maybe you joined our, our Melanated Intellects community much after our first episode, please do. It was a two-part series. Um, go back and check it out. We shared a lot about our journey with Natural Hair. Um, uh-huh. So Patrice would like to give us some, some good info. As always, any of our... Um, links and resources, things like that will be in our description, but she's going to go ahead and define texturism for us just so we're all on the same page. And then she's also going to give us some information about the hair types and the scale, a little bit of history around that. So take us away, Patrice. Yes, yes, friends. Um, I'm going to start with the definition. So texturism is the idea that only loose or well-defined curls deserve favoring or praise and it manifests in the smallest ways with the natural hair community. So essentially the texture down to the type curl or some, I believe even the length can play a uh, mm-hmm. role in texturism and just overall the appearance. Um, in the past, uh, those in the natural hair community are probably familiar with the type hair system um, in terms of how natural hair um, often will um, determine their hair type. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like you've got type three, type four, those are probably some of the more popular um, hair types that we discuss the most in the black community. And so you have 3A, 3B, 3C, which is generally a more looser curl. Where, and then you have 4A, 4B, and 4C, which generally has more shrinkage and a tighter curl. Um, so again, it, it's, um, it's just based off solely on appearance, not health not anything else, just solely appearance. And so I kind of wanted to chat a little bit about the history of hair typing to bring us in, Mm -hmm. um, because I think that's valuable. So the, the concept of hair typing is actually really old. It's actually been around since the early 1900s. Um, and it, kind of evolved over time, but it started off as kind of a test to determine proximity to whiteness based on texture. So it was basically a kind of based a way to racially categorize Mm -hmm. and support racist ideology. So one of the earliest hair typing systems was actually invented in 1908 by Eugene Fisher, a German Nazi scientist who created the hair gauge to determine 
Namibians proximity to whiteness based on their hair texture. Um, there are also, uh, which I thought this was so interesting because I remember kids used to do this, but I don't think they really knew what they were doing, but what's well, called the apartheid pencil test, which is, um, if individuals could hold a pencil in their hair while shaking their hair, they cannot be classified as white. So people used to stick their pencil in their hair, fro, whatever, or hair. Mm -hmm. And if it fell, or if, if, if for whatever reason it wasn't able to stand up, um, that means your hair was closer to white proximity, but essentially, obviously, you know, if your hair is straight, Ben's is not going to hold it all. Whereas with black people, it's a possibility it'll stay. So that is how, um, they would determine, and this was actually started in South Africa, um, to, to determine if people were white or not and how they would classify the Negro at that time. So it's, it's very interesting. Um, it, it's, that is very, very old for me in my generation. I remember kids just sticking pencils in their hair to determine if it was nappy or not. I hate that word. I've told y'all this so many times, but that's what the, the conversation was when I was a kid. And I don't think they really realized, you know, just how far back that went and how mm -hmm. that was essentially measuring whiteness. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, that, that was a real thing. Um, so in recent days, the, where the type one, two, three, and four textures come in at, um, that is actually Andre Walker, who is a celebrity stylist, which on the Oprah Winfrey show in the 1990s to promote his hair product. He categorized hair into four categories of straight, wavy, curly, and coily. So straight, straight being type one, wavy being type two, um, and curly being type three and coily being type four, and then variations of that with the letters. So there's, I'm sure you've heard three, a three B three C four, a four B four C all over social media, including YouTube. Um, so, over time, uh, these sub these subcategories kind of help classify texture, and also they help people kind of decide, you know, what's a good. Uh, for me, I will. I used to use the type hair system before I knew the history of it to decide what influencer I should follow and how I should style my hair. So mm. I wasn't going to follow someone who had a type two or majority type three hair type because that's not my hair type. I'm like, I was in my mind more of a three C four A. But here I am buying all these products, and when it's still not working, I struggled because essentially this type hair system doesn't have anything to do with the health of your hair mm -hmm. and the overall what you need to continue to have healthy hair it is solely based off the appearance of your hair which we all now know that what works for you isn't going to work for me even if we do have the same appearance in hair mm -hmm. but that is how deep um the overall texture discussion goes in terms of um the natural hair community um and I'll let Shayla take it from there because I'm about to go on my little rants. So let me just hold on back there. I don't know what I'm about to do. Let me stop. <laughs> uh, well, you were probably about to go into our next question. So let me pose that question. Um, how do you see texturism come up today um, in our community? And again, we touched on this slightly in natural hair part one and mm -hmm. part two, but I, I want us to really, you know, get specific here on this episode. So I see it come up in a lot of different ways. Um, I think when natural hair first became a movement, it was mainly focused on women who had, had who had conformed 
using relaxers or weaves, becoming more accepting of their natural hair and relearning what was considered healthy in terms of their hair and understanding that we have options for all of the above, right? So even if I'm natural, I can continue to do protective styles or and honestly, the I feel like the creation of the term protective style also came into fruition at that time as well. Um, and so much more. So mm-hmm. I feel like at that time, it was more of a textured conversation. Now, when you look up natural hair, it's anybody who uses organic products and that falls under any variation. And now, texturism, I feel like, has narr- it's it's different than what it first was born out to be. When you used to really? look up natural hair on YouTube, you only saw, I feel like, more type three, type four women showing other women how to do their hair, which we kind of talked about on natural hair part one and two. Now, again, you see everything. I mean, I've seen also women with type one and two hair using type four and three stylers or style products Mm -hmm. and tools, which I never thought I would see. So it's very different. I do think that texturism in the community, it has created a level of divide in some ways, which I hate using the word divide because it really annoys the fuck out of me. <laughs> like there's nothing wrong with being different, but mm-hmm. when you start treating people or experiencing life differently because of that, mm-hmm. and it's at a, it puts you at a disadvantage for whatever reason, that's when I feel like it's, it's a blow. You know, when you think about natural hair on TV and commercials, you're more likely to see an acceptable three type three pattern for those who just and i'm using the type system just to help people with visuals um a looser curl pattern than you are to see a type four tight coily Mm -hmm. um shrinkage um pattern um so texturism has always played a part i remember at one point the good hair versus bad hair conversation Mm -hmm. was very very prevalent and very very norm Oh, they got that good hair. Oh, shit. Okay. Look like, oh, you must have Indian in your family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that was a regular thing. You know, everybody used to credit having a looser curl pattern to being mixed or having another race mm-hmm. because there's no way you could have good hair from just having African originated genes. Um, then you have on the flip side, you know, Chris Rock came out with the, um, documentary good hair mm-hmm. where he ta- I'll never forget the the <laughs> that soda can melting in that relaxer and what it did to everybody we thought oh hell we put that on our head so I think texturism runs deep um in our community mm-hmm. it's often you know people use it to judge who they want to date what mm-hmm. and what type of you know how they want their kids to come out looking mm-hmm. i've heard people use it to decide who is ghetto versus who isn't who's considered classy and professional we know people get denied jobs based off their natural hair and it goes very far and it runs very deep it's it's to me it's equivalent to colorism in a lot of ways in terms of the effects that it has on people but in it and it still hasn't reached the peak of conversation the way that um, even racism has. So I feel like texturism is still something that the black community discusses that I don't think even most white people are even aware of, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's just my thought on how it impacts our community. What about you? 
Uh, well, before I get to my answer, I kind of have a follow-up question for you. So mm-hmm. do you feel like texturism has become more of an issue now that the sort of the natural hair movement is here and has been here for some time? Because we talked about if we feel like the natural hair movement is here to stay or not in, in natural hair part one and two. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm just curious to know if you feel like texturism is more of an issue now that or less of an issue now that uh, natural hair is like a thing. I think it's highlighted more. It's called to the to the floor more. I think it's similar to, I think we talked about it, not to derail, but uh, we talked about it in They've Got to Have Us, how um, colorism in Hollywood, how you're more likely to see a lighter complected person playing an African-American part than you are to see someone dark-skinned today. At first, we were just trying to get in the door. Mm-hmm. Now that we have people in the door, it's like, wait a minute. Now we've seen this, you know, I think it's one of those things where the more we highlight it, the more we're going to unpack it. So now you have, uh, we're just trying to get acceptance of our natural hair. Then it comes to acceptance. What does that mean? Only a specific type of natural hair, or are we going to open that up to everyone, regardless of their hair type? And what does that mean? We're, I think the more we dig, we're going to find more that's there. It's just true unpacking of the onion because that is, that's what colonization has done. Like it's, mm-hmm. that, that's the impacts of racism. It runs that deep. Unfortunately, I feel like the more we dig, we're going to keep finding more when it comes to the space. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Good point. Um, okay, so my answer to the question, how do I see it come up in our community? Um, I'm torn, right? Because like on, on one hand, I like that the natural hair movement has come. I think it's a beautiful thing. I see um, today being natural, even with celebrities, be more popular than it's ever been before, right? Yeah, and I don't absolutely. want... I don't want to discredit the the um, progress that we've made in that area. So please mm-hmm. keep that in mind before I give my next part of my answer. Um, on the other side, yes, I definitely see it come up because with the natural hair movement, to me, there's more conversation around natural hair. Mm-hmm. And then when there's more conversation around natural hair, then as you're speaking to, you know, people or black women specifically, then insecurities and past experiences and other things come up that like when we're all relaxed that maybe we wouldn't have talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, I know several black women who just feel like they could never be natural. Natural is just not for them. It doesn't look good on them. And and we talked about this in that episode, but, you know, um, for for you to feel that your natural hair that comes out of your head doesn't look good on you is something associated with your environment. That is not a, there are outside factors that made you feel that way, right? And so I think, um, I think, that's something to really think about. Like that's something that comes up for me, right? When people are just really hesitant because we've been conditioned to believe that, you know, for a lot of us, uh, mm-hmm. depending on your generation, you were raised to believe that, you know, and again, I don't like using the word, but the term nappy was very much so like, oh no, that wasn't mm-hmm. acceptable. You couldn't be that. Um, and then the next thing I'm gonna say, a lot of people gonna be mad at me, but let's just hear me out. If you do not feel beautiful, unless you have baby hair yeah that is a sign of texturism at play and now now don't get mad don't get mad hold on now don't get upset because i already see you getting upset with me don't get (laughs) upset with me because i'm not knocking baby hair 
right? And I think it's fine to create your little baby hair. That's cool. Like, you want to create your little baby hair with the swoop mm-hmm. and the brush? I think that's fine. But if you take it, if we take that away, because to me, baby hair, a baby hair hairstyle is just like any other hairstyle, right? Like, sometimes mm-hmm. I wear my locks up, sometimes I wear them down. Sometimes I actually don't do baby hair. But if I did, then sometimes I would want baby hair and sometimes I wouldn't. When right. you feel like you aren't beautiful because you don't have baby hair is sort of to me where I see texturism show up in that way, because then that yeah. means to me that if if your edges are not slicked back in that way, then you feel like your hairstyle isn't complete or it's not pretty or you're not pretty. And then that's when, you know, it saddens me. Like, you know, you can you look you can look beautiful with or without them. It's just another yeah. part of the hairstyle. It doesn't need to become the thing that defines the hairstyle, if what I'm saying makes sense. Yeah. And you know what's interesting is I love me some baby hair looks, right? They're classic to black culture. You know, mm-hmm. the what granted, I, y'all's I'm not a fan of them touching your eyebrow, but I do love <laughs> me a classic. 90s styled you know traditional baby today i see some stuff go there honey but i I, do your thing ladies but i i don't i'm not a fan of that i like the classic y'all know i'm old head at heart so i like the classic traditional way that we identify as baby hairs but you know um it does say a lot to me, though, like you said, when people feel like without it, that's a big deal. You know, mm-hmm. personally, and I guess I'm biased, you know, as someone who has grown up with psoriasis, I can't have alcohol on my scalp. So I have never done that mm-hmm. um, in terms of the whole baby hair look or the slick back look. For one, I've never, uh, there was a point where I did do slick back ponytails and I played basketball. That was probably the only chapter in my life that I did that just because I literally played basketball. Um so if I wasn't in braids, I was a slick back ponytail. Um, I, I do feel, you know, and it's funny. We talked about this. I feel like, I think it was on that episode or in private. At this point, we've recorded so much. I don't know the difference. <laughs> so um, we talked about how women who did not grow up doing their hair, because I talked about this before, um, who, who grew up in a salon, who traditionally have only been in a salon, who had to learn natural hair as and also do their hair all at once. How of a learning curve that was compared to somebody who's always done their own hair. So they knew how to do hair and it was learning how to do natural hair, which mm. was the, the difference, um, you know, and how that's a different experience. And for the audience who have not read, um, who have not kept up with, kept up with us throughout the last year since we recorded that? I am someone who came from a household where we did our own hair, did our own nails, did everything. So I I did not make this distinction originally. I I really because because my pet peeve is when women with natural hair get on, particularly black women, we get on these social platforms and we talk about how hard it is to be natural and we talk about our hair as if it's a problem. I really, really don't care for that mentality. I feel like it it continues to keep people out of the natural hair community because it sounds too difficult and it seems too difficult because of what they've been heard, conditioned, and believed. And I also believe that personally as someone who's always done their hair, 
I don't believe I have more products in my bathroom than I did before. I don't believe I have more parts of my routine than I did before. It's just a different routine. So for me, I, I did not see the inconvenience for some people who went from being in the salon all the time or whatever the case is, because I used to have to still straighten my hair every morning. Even when I had my relaxer days, I still had different products to style my hair, you know, so I still had that routine. So I never saw that change in terms of maintenance where some people did. So for me, like I always have to consider that when people are talking about the complications of learning natural hair, I still think that people should unpack the emotion around maintaining natural hair and the comfort they feel in saying, I got to do this stuff. Look at this mess on my head. You know what I mean? Like, I Mm. still think people should unpack that emotion around it because when you bring that energy to something like your crown, you know what I mean? Do you really see it as your crown? You know what I mean? If you bring that to it, how, how do you plan to learn it? How do you plan to embrace it? If that's how you authentically feel about it. So I, and so I struggle with that because there are people with platforms who do go on social media and really just talk about their hair as if it is just such a problem. And I, and I really struggle with that because I don't think anybody has hair that doesn't require some maintenance, some, pro- some products to some extent, you know, I don't care what type you have. We, uh, there's a reason why the beauty industry will never, ever bankrupt. Okay. We all need our products. We all need our maintenance. We all need to wash, moisturize, whatever that looks like, or wash, dry shampoo, whatever that is, depending on what type of hair type you have. But it's still, it bothers me when I hear that still to this day. And I wish that we could get away from that because I always feel like when we feed the narrative that makes it harder to accept our hair, not only from within our community, but also outside of our community, it, it just doesn't help. You know what I mean? It's not helping this this conversation. At the same time, I have to learn. It's a, it's a, it's a piece of me. I'm being protective over. I do have to learn that, you know, there are experiences where people who have never done their hair are learning hair and natural hair all at the same time. And there aren't resources out here to support women who are going through that transition. So I'm sure that is very difficult. And I was blessed to have done hair prior, but I still, I just, I'm like, don't, your crown is so beautiful. Don't talk about it. Don't call it nappy. Don't call it this shit. Don't, don't say that. Stop. I just want to jump through the screen, but well and i i don't know if i agree with that so because i also remember in that episode you mentioned um was it every six months you got a relaxer every four months yeah it was six months Mm -hmm. six months or something like that because i hated relaxers yeah okay so so to me because i know and and just for the audience sake i Mm -hmm. definitely did grow up in the salon right Mm -hmm. so patrice is making that distinction because that was definitely me Um, But I know women who relax their hair at home Mm -hmm. much more often than six months and still found a wrap to be easier than natural hair. So I don't necessarily Mm -hmm. know that it's the salon versus the doing my hair at home or if it's the how often I relaxed it. Right. Because if you're talking about six months, like if someone's transitioning from relaxer, like let's say someone is like, hey, I don't want no more relaxer. I'm transitioning to natural hair. Right. They're transitioning. Mm -hmm. Six months of hair is kind of a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. So like. Mm -hmm. And and if you had that experience where you were going longer without relaxers, then I think like that makes sense to me, right? Because you would Mm kind of, we ain't call it that yet because it wasn't, the word term wasn't invented yet for you to be trans, quote unquote, transitioning. But you were farther enough along where 
hey, you have to get that figured out. And then, of course, right. if you add your psoriasis on top of that. So I totally get that. Um, I think I don't think that natural hair being something that people have to learn or something that can be that's new and that in in some ways can be challenging. I don't think that's a necessarily def- deter people. Um, I think it's a matter of, you know, why you want to do it to begin with. I think that's really where you got to start with. Like before, before we get to whether you feel like it's difficult or not, or whether you, you know, it is a lot or not. Why are you someone who was not natural, who now wants to be natural? And to me, usually those reasons are surrounded around health. I mean, sometimes, especially after the good hair that Chris Rock did, you know, Mm -hmm. that opened up a lot of people's eyes. I've seen, this is not, I did not research this, but I've just heard that it could be ways like fibroids and other, other health issues and concerns that relaxers can be connected to. Um, Plus they're unpleasant to get. Right. Um, So I don't know people's reasoning or motivation behind that, but I feel like if you are really interested in making that change and making that leap, some people have really damaged hair and they choose to go natural just because the weaves and the relaxes and the straightening and the, and the whatever jail is just doing too much. There's lots of reasons. I think, I think you have to be worth it. You have to feel like you're worth it. You know, if I say I'm going to lose weight, you know, well, to someone who ain't never lost weight before, well, then losing weight is challenging. I'm, I'm not technically lying, but I have to also feel that I'm worthy of me wanting to lose the weight or that I'm worthy of me making, I'm using lose weight, but it can be any life change that yeah, yeah, can be yeah. connected to one's, you know, self-love of themselves. So I think people I agree with you as far as the language of this mess on my head and you know whatever other examples I agree with you there I just think it goes deeper than that I I think one has to really connect to why why do you want to show up for you in this way and that's how you should be seeing it as you showing up for you now that doesn't mean at all that if you're someone who is choosing not to go natural that you're not showing up for you. You're just showing up for you with a weave. You're just showing up for you with a relaxer. And so, um, I don't know. That's my take on it. I, I, I agree with that. I think so in my world, again, this is not research information. It is always the how that I hear for the most part. When people say how, how you get your hair like that, how you this, how, well, what do you do? That's the most questions that I receive is the how did you do it? How did you go about it? Where did you start in terms of the how-to? And how do you moisturize it? How do you wash it? How do you detangle it? It gets so nappy and natted. That's usually what I hear. I always hear the maintenance being the biggest Mm. concern. And I always hear the maintenance being the most complained about even afterward in terms of, girl, I be thinking about the relaxer. Oh, I be thinking about the, the, and even to your point of the baby hair conversation, at one point there was even women who would relax the front of their hair head so that way they can continue the baby hair thing and also slick it back but then keep the back natural i don't know how that mesh well but some of them did it oh, and it was, it was a thing okay. yeah that was a thing for uh, and it probably still is actually um and I don't want anybody to think that you know i'm even coming for anyone i just i just think that it's important to unpack those emotions about where it's because everybody's different right me and Shayla just described very different ideologies around being natural both of them are valid um and also you know we hear it all over social media i think it's just important to unpack why we feel it is harder to wear the hair that grows from your head the way it grows 
than to force it a different texture. Why do we believe that? What is the what is the belief around that? And what t- what about that says to us? This is easier because I, I think, don't I don't I, think I don't to me, believe- smacking the creamy crack in there that just did it did all the work for you. You know what I mean? Like it just did the work for you. It straightened it out. You know where even if you take a relaxer in comparison to a straightening comb, straightening comb. Mm-hmm. To me, mm-hmm. a straightening comb requires more effort than a relaxer. See, but I don't know anybody who did one without the other. I feel like everybody uses both. If you use a relaxer, you also use a straightening comb. It was a flat iron for me, but I well, it, okay. well, that timing. I'm talking about before the flat iron. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm like, oh, I had a flat iron, hot comb, you know? straightening comb, Marcel. Okay, we'll throw them all out there. <laughs> I feel like anybody who uses a relaxer then followed that up. With some a tool, a heat device to, um, to straighten their hair. Nobody only when I relaxed it, not on a daily basis. So regularly, then, right? Because especially if you live in humidity, in terms of outside activities, every couple getting weeks, your hair let's wet. Say every, yeah. Let's say every two weeks. Yeah, I didn't need to do it every time I styled my hair. No, but maybe I will put the heat on there once every two weeks. Yeah. Maybe so some people would. Like, I, so for me, when I say I flatten my hair every day, I mean, I will put heat on every day, meaning that I would touch up the front or whatever. So it would lay down. I, I sweated in my sleep. So I'm, I was asleep. So I would, I would, uh, run the curl and our end or whatever over the edges and the, over the body. So that way it laid down in that straight back ponytail I was describing. And some people I know would also refresh the bump. You know, the little, uh, even if it wasn't necessarily to go back and through and completely flat iron their hair, they would refresh the bump, refresh the bang or whatever the case is with their hairdo, right? So there's still some regular maintenance that is required to some extent to upkeep the look. And I feel like hair in general requires that. And I think I'm thinking about that that way, probably because I spent some time in cosmetology school, even though I didn't finish. So I just, to me, hair is hair. And what we are determining is just, if it's straight, how do you maintain it? If it's curly, how do you maintain and keep it moisturized? How do you keep your hair from being dry as the African-American community and those who have, who have curlier hair who struggle to get sebum to the ends of their hair, whereas the straighter-haired folks who deal with sebum it, running to the ends of their hair too quickly and therefore creating that greasy look, they have to figure out how to keep the sebum from building up and causing buildup in greasy hair. And so they wash the hair more frequently, use dry shampoos, all of those things to keep their hair fresh. And so for me, hair is a very, it's across the board, what it's going to be and every aspect of it requires maintenance. So I think that's why for me, I'm like, I don't understand why this is considered the burden, but this isn't outside of white proximity or identity concerns to me, and, it's about learning. You know what I mean? That, yeah, to me, the that's how-to. Like, the how-to. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that's the like a comparison of like, well, why is why is losing weight more difficult than being overweight? Well, because I already know how to be overweight because I didn't been that way my whole life. So it's more difficult because I have to change a whole new something eating you you face three times a day, right? So that's so then the difficulty becomes in learning something completely new and learning the how-to. So to me, when people say 
when people say that it's more difficult, it's more difficult based off their mindset and perception that they now have to learn something completely new. There are products that I use on my hair when I was that when I had a relaxer that I don't use now that I have locks. It just doesn't agree. It just doesn't course, yeah. work the same. Right. So of course right. that was a learning process. So to me, when I hear that someone says it's more difficult it's more difficult to them for what they've been doing because they already know how to do what they've been doing and they have to learn something new, not necessarily. And maybe for some people it is to your point, but not necessarily because it's more difficult because straight is easy and kinky is hard. At least that's not the connection I make. So for me and your analogy, it's losing weight versus gaining weight. So people who, who are already skinny and want to gain weight and then people who are already thicker and want to lose weight, they both are facing a challenge. They both are trying Fair. to learn and grow and understand the how-to. So for me, that is the equivalent to somebody who is deciding whether or not they want to put in the relaxer versus not. And again, I, and again, this conversation was beyond texturism, not necessarily natural. But I, I, I say that just because I feel like when we start to dive into texturism, it feels like it comes back to, well, what is my hair going to look like? What, what is my hair going to, how difficult is it going to be to manage? And I feel like people who, when it comes to internally, the people who I feel who complain about their own hair, it's based off expectations. They'll love somebody else's natural hair. They'll love somebody else in terms of how they style it. All of those things and find it beautiful. But for them, they will say, mine won't look like that. Or mine's going to be too difficult. Or mine's going to be too this. And that that I always feel a way about that because I feel like our, regardless of your texture, none of that should matter. You know what I mean? And when I went natural, I remember people used to send me pictures of, Oh, I can't wait till your hair looks like this. It was all these big loose curls. <laughs> and I was mm. like, um, I don't know that that's going to be me. I didn't know, but I also, you know, I didn't want to get attached to those images, but I used to get them all the time for my friends. Like, oh, it's going to look like this. It's going to be so pretty. And I think it didn't help because I still had perm at the end of my ends. And so I would put perm rods in. And so I think mm -hmm. they thought that my hair was turning into that curl. I'm like, no, that's a perm rod, baby. That, that's not what happens when my hair grows out and gets wet. That's not how this works. And sure thing, when it came out and it was a lot tighter than that, it was like, oh, I thought your hair was going to be a lot looser. No, it, it doesn't matter. I, I think so many people also attach an expectation what natural hair should be. And a lot of people usually are appealing to the big, sexy curls. The, the I feel like type three is usually what falls in that, if not the wavy hair. And I, I, I want us to get away from that. Like, I really wish we would get away from that because that is what then comes into the whole, I want a partner who, I've heard people say things like, I want a partner who got good hair so my kids have good hair. What? The language, the ideologies, the emotion, the spiritual connection is just all very problematic for me. And again, I feel like black culture is beautiful from the hair to the features, to the hair types, to the, especially the range is beautiful to me, no matter where you were born in this world. So for me, I, I really hate that we have to dive into that because the tr it, 
And the truth is experiences, unfortunately, and when it comes to going natural will look different based off your hair type. You know, there will be people who are 4C hair who are going to have a very different experience from somebody who has a three type hair or even a 3C hair because of the fact that the shrinkage or the ability to wear a certain hairstyle or whatever the case is. And that's always just not sat right for me because it feels like we are still measuring our proximity to whiteness the way the original hair typing system was originated for. And what I need for us to do is just be who we, just, just be you, you, you gorgeous regardless, period. Do, do whatever you want to do with your hair and love that it's your hair. There's nothing wrong with the way your hair grows from your scalp ever at any point. So I, I struggle with that. Um, some people are afraid for their hair to be seen in its true shrinkage state because they're worried that they don't look like they don't have no hair. To me, it's beautiful. I love the queens that will take their hair and show just how long that hair is mm. and show like to me that show that that's an education opportunity. Now, if you're doing it to try to justify, you know, I do have length. I'm not, you know, because of having insecurity, please know you don't have to do that. But for those who are educating, like this is what hair is because the, the reality is there is no education around natural hair. Very little. You can go to cosmetology school. You have to pay for another chapter of class if you want to learn natural hair school. Hell, if you want to learn how to braid, you have to pay for another portion of hair school because all they're going to teach you is how to manage one type of hair. And it's going to cover how to cut it, how to color it, and how to treat it. That's it. That's all. You're not going to learn scalp conditions. You're not going to learn different hair types. They don't dive into all that. So it's important to make sure that, you know, and that's why I say that people who don't know hair at all, who then step into natural hair, I feel like it, it might even be more of a confusing world to step into because you there's you have to dig. And even then you're relying on a bunch of what YouTubers, because people who aren't professionals, some people aren't educators. You may think this is what you need to follow, but that actually isn't what's best for your hair. So now you're going through this process of elimination to figure out what works for your hair. Personally, when I stopped following YouTube is when I finally got the products that work best for my hair. And the things that work best for my hair right now are not popular all over YouTube. So I just think that, you know, I, I really wish that we didn't have to have this experience where some women felt like, one wasn't as beautiful as the other, or as appealing, or one was more difficult than the other. And in, in actuality, natural hair was just praised regardless. But I know that's just not the reality of it. And the more we unpack it, the more there will be. Um, I sent you this kind of TikTok situation where a lighter complected influencer on TikTok, she had, she was highlighting, you know, she wears wigs and everything. Her name's Kaylin Easley. I freaking love her. Um, but she wears all these different wigs all the time. And she put on a wig that would have been equivalent to like Beyonce's gold member Afro that she wore in that movie. It was like a, you know, 70s type fro. She wore it, was super cute with these little shorts on and was all cute and sexy and, you know, highlighting her sexuality and beauty. And she's a very fair skinned um, creator, fully black. And she received 
so much backlash from the 4C community. And I fell for that because I just, something about that did not sit right with me. And that, I, I never even thought that that was a thing. But it, it just, it kind of comes down to, like, I really wish we didn't have this hair typing system, which I know is going to be one, is one of our questions. I, things like that, situations like that, make me feel like if it's not, like, we don't use a hair typing system to judge health of hair at all. And... I wish when it comes to situations like this, I really wish that we didn't um, have it because now she, she, she felt like, you know, she's listening to the audience and the strong opinions that she received and she no longer feels comfortable and wearing a 4C or a textured wig because of that reason. Because basically the backlash was you don't have this hair type, so you should not wear this hair type as a costume, you're appropriating the hair type. And I was just like, what? <laughs> what? I didn't have words. So yeah, I'll, I'll kick it over to you. What are your thoughts on that? Um, okay, so a couple things. Um, so do I think um, texturism is an issue within the black community in regards to people feeling uncomfortable about their own hair texture in comparison to other hair textures. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that shows up in a lot of different ways, especially, and I haven't decided if I see it more or less now that natural hair is a thing. I think I see it more, but I I would have to unpack that. I would Mm -hmm. have to really think about that, especially with the example that you just gave. Um, I, I think I just... I just know that it's something that's become, which I guess does go into our next question. Do we even need the the hair types and the scale and things of that nature? Yes, on the side of, hey, I want to know what type of products could possibly work for my hair because there's no guarantee that this product mm-hmm. is going to work for your hair just because this is how you're identifying your hair type. Um, But then on the other side, is the separation really necessary at all? Um, And and I think to go back to, you know, um, to go back to people finding natural hair to be difficult or not, I think I understand completely what you're saying as far as, hey, look, it's not more more difficult than anything else that you're doing with your day, with your hair, um, so it shouldn't be viewed as a challenge. Um, and I think what I'm saying is it's a challenge, but it's not a challenge you should back away from. Um, so I think it just depends on how you look at it. I think natural hair in general is really can be very dynamic because there's a lot to dissect in it. Um, I don't I don't think that I don't think it was fair to the influencer to be um made to feel bad for her wearing you know any sort of wigs that she wants to and any sort of hair type that she wants to because that's that's what we're defending right the right for mm-hmm. people to be able to wear their hair a weave a wig a whatever right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. because you know to me that would be the equivalent of someone 
who has softer curls coming after a woman who's wearing a, a loose and wavy weave or wig. Like that's, I don't have to, and that's the beauty about black hair and black women, how versatile we are with our hair. We can do mm -hmm. braids, we can do weaves, we can do wigs. Like right, it, it's a whole world out there. And underneath mm -hmm. there, it could be a whole bunch of natural hair or relaxed hair. You never really know. You really don't. Right? And so I think, um, I think, I don't want us to take that away from each other mm -hmm. um, within the natural hair community or outside of it, right? Because even in natural hair part one and part two, we talked about how it's never our intention to shame someone who's not natural. Like that's not the case at all. Right. That's cool. You know, you do you, you want, um, you like your weeds, you like it. I'm not judging that at all whatsoever um, and vice versa, right? You know, right. I like my locks. That's for me. You know, mm -hmm. that don't have to be for you. One day um, so for I, me too. One day. I'm yeah, uh, one day. Yes, one day. <laughs> one day. <laughs> I'm going to join the club. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, I think, I wish that the hair type system was almost viewed, this is going to be a weird analogy, but go, kind of bear with me. Okay. I wish the hair type system was almost like a blood type. It didn't have, it doesn't have any value, yeah. right? Like I'm going, I'm going to the doctors. You asking me my blood type because you need to know it for health reasons and keep right. it moving. It's not, it doesn't define my beauty. It doesn't define, no. I don't, you know, I don't have to, that's my hair type. Sure. That's the one that come out my, my scalp. But if I want to put some, a braid or a wig or something else to cover that up today, cause I don't, and, and just because a woman doesn't choose to wear her natural hair type does not mean she's insecure about her natural hair. Exactly. Um, or that she so, bald headed. Cause yeah, that so, was the thing too. She yeah, wear but, wigs cause she bald headed. That's not a thing. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, I don't um agree with that at all. I just mm -hmm. think it's particularly for black women, I think it's a diverse way for us to express ourselves creatively when it comes mm -hmm. to our appearance and I would really love for that not to be um managed or come along with any sort of stereotypes in any way, particularly within our community. So, yeah. um I and the thing is it's it's literally our history, right? Going back, I mean, hundreds and thousands of years, Africa is known as well for their their expression, whether it be mm. with the makeup or the appearance or the colors that they use, but more predominantly hair, whether you use clay to braid or to, you know what I'm saying, mm. different plants that they use to braid or lock it or um, style it and all of these different representations to express themselves. So for me, I feel like that is a tie for us. And it's going to look different because obviously we're talking about, you know, post-colonialization, right? So mm -hmm. we are in America at the end of the day. You know, I can't pretend like this big chapter of history didn't happen. So it's going to look different. But I feel like one thing that black women have always been known for is the variety in which that we express ourselves when it comes to how we present to this world. So whether it is natural, weave, braids, whatever... All of it is beautiful. All of it is is its own representation. And I and I and just like what you said, I actually think the blood type was perfect. I wish it didn't mean one thing or the other. Mm -hmm. My only thing is just I always want to speak to women who have feelings about being natural 
against being natural because of insecurity, because I know women like that in my day-to-day life. And Lord, the time I spend trying to make them feel comfortable and understand that what they're, what they're really saying when they say this mess on my head and how they feel about it. I'm like, girl, what you, you talking about our crown? Stop that. Stop that. You kicking your own crown every time you do that. You know what I mean? Do you walk around talking about you ugly too? Do you say that? Do you do that? You know what I mean? Like, and, you know, some people do. But well, that could be, I was going to say that and, you know, that could be a whole nother discussion because some women feel like they're not beautiful without makeup. So then now we got that's, you know, that's, that's very true. That's very true. That's very true. That's very true. I think there's beauty standards and there's the experience of black women too, though, in which when it comes to texturism, that runs so deep where yeah. I know a lot of women are so, they, they don't make the choice because they feel like their hair is going to be kinky, too kinky, too difficult to manage. Won't do what, oh, my hair would never do that. I see that in comments all the time. I've also seen influencers stop making content because they feel like there were people who were watching their content for the wrong reasons, either whether it was to idolize their hair type or, you know, whatever the case was. And, oh, well, that's not working for me and blah, 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 blah. Like they always had to put like a disclaimer out of this is what's working for my hair. This may not work for you, but here is a trick you can try. Like we always had to lead with that. And I know that's across the beauty world period where it comes to when, whether it's cosmetic tips, whatever in general, when it comes to us, cause skin and hairs are very, very specific, you know, in terms of how we, what we all need to care for ourselves. But it just, I really feel like our relationship with our textures still needs improvement. I, I wish that there was a way to change what we feel. Like you said, with the blood type, that, that was a great example. She's got four C. That's all that is. She she got 40. That's just what her hair looks like. That's it. That's just what it is. Just like, you know, we see, um, well, no, this isn't a good one. I was going to say, like, we identify as dark skin versus light skin, but that has its own thing, too. So oh, let me no, not bring that in here. Let me not bring <laughs> that in. Ready. Ready. <laughs> We're not ready for that. <laughs> let me not bring that in, child. But, um, yeah, texturism is so deep. I think the more we continue to, the more natural hair dives in deep the more we're going to understand this because there is texturism there is colorism and texturism i believe that someone who is lighter complected and has a 4c hair type has a different experience from someone who is lighter complected and has a looser curl type whether it's due to racial ambiguity or whatever the case is that i do believe that that does that does happen I do believe that someone who's darker complected and also has a 4C hair type has a different experience than someone who's darker complected who has a looser curl type. Featurism is also a thing. These are just like ugly cousins that I wish we could just pop, go away. Don't, don't, don't do that. We all just beautiful, okay? Different bouquets of, pe- of women and men, and we all are just beautiful, okay? Women, men, them, we all are gorgeous people, and we all shine in our beauty, our own melanin, melanated intellects. And that is just what we stand in. I I wish, I cannot wait for the day we get to that point. But the truth is we have to, the more we talk about it, the more we have to dive into this. Um, There was something else I was going to say, but I kind of already forgot. Do you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah, because I wanted to talk about, I like this, but let me get your thoughts on it. I like when someone says, um, I don't know, it'd be a hairstyle on... I don't know, a particular hair type 
right? Mm-hmm. And then they'll redo the hairstyle in the, their hair type, which they perceive to be more difficult to onlookers or people who think, right? So because that comment you were saying, oh, my hair could never... Mm-hmm. Oh, well, let me show you how your hair can. And here's what I did, because mm-hmm. then that that breaks down the hopefully what I hope is doing is that it's breaking down right. the limiting belief that you can't have this hairstyle in any hair texture. Now, to get that style, you may have to do different things, but um, hopefully it helps to remove that. So I actually like when creators and, and <clears throat> I don't know if I'm on social media or YouTube when I see it. I'm not a YouTuber, so maybe social media, but I do see it mm-hmm. every now and then. And I find it to be quite interesting and refreshing. And even though I got locks and my hair is my hair, I like watching it anyway, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, how's she going to make that, you know, look like that? You know, I'm interested mm-hmm. in that. So I just wanted to get your take on that. Yeah, I do like that. I really do. I do. I don't doubt for a minute. Somebody going to be in the comments and be like, it don't look exactly like because they're thinking <laughs> in terms of texture, too. <laughs> they're not thinking just style, like style. some up, some down. Yeah. That's it. She did some up, some down. Look, some up, some down over here. It's not going to look the identical same. But somebody's going to be that person. In fact, there might be a group of people who are that person. But I absolutely love that concept because that that's a real thing. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, we want to wear our hair. Just like, okay, first of all, I wish people treated it like they did makeup tutorials. How Jackie Anna does her makeup. Flawless, beautiful, Okay. I will not look exactly like Jackie Ina when I do my makeup. For one, we don't even have the same shape face. My eyes are this shape. My nose is this shape. You know what I mean? Like we're different people, but I still watch her for makeup tips to then turn around and do it on my face without the expectation that I will turn out looking like a clone of Jackie Anna. Mm-hmm. Ina, sorry, Jackie. Jackie Ina, but I will still also have like, oh, okay, I was able to smooth my concealer. I was able to make my eyes pop. I was able to use this color to transition my shadows. Like, you know, I still was able to see the value in the tips without expecting to have the features of Jackie Ina. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. I wish we looked at it that way. And then trying to say, okay, what my face is for work because, or this is what I can do because... You know, but it's just not the world we live in, I guess. So in the case of the hair type and the hair scale, are you saying, um, are you saying that how I use the blood example, like you, you do want it to exist, but you're just saying it should be viewed as in that example that I gave. And, you know, with the example of Kaylin Easley, it makes me wish it didn't exist because, you know, I want black women to wear whatever style we want and think everything is beautiful about us. Okay. That's, that's the world I want us to live in and the mindset I want us to live in, especially in the world where we are still daily fighting professionalism, appearance, the crown act, all of these things that we are still out here having to take a stance on when it comes to facing racism. I wish internally we could stand on, on the ground that 10 toes down, we are all beautiful regardless of color, feature, texture, all of that. Height, body type, all of that. Beautiful. Um, I think... And so in that space, I wish it didn't exist because I feel like, does it really help? Does it do anything? But at the same time, it, then it takes me back to the argument that if we didn't have race at all, you know, we were just people, we wouldn't have this problem. Mm. 
but that's not true. Right. I want to be acknowledged as being who I am. So with that said, I don't care for where the typing system comes from because I feel like it still has a white proximity outlined in it. And I feel yeah. that relationship is still there. So I don't care for that at all. I, 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 in hindsight, I want us to be able to celebrate our differences and the range of black culture and black features and whatever that means and celebrate the differences and not feel like this means you are proximity to white. You're more accepted. You're more palatable because your hair is looser and you have fairer skin compared to someone who is darker, who has dark, who has tighter curls. I wish we did that part I don't care for. Mm -hmm. And that's where I feel like the, the type hair system that we know today does not benefit us at all. Mm. That's a long-winded way of saying. No. <laughs> oh, you don't know. Okay. I don't know. No, I don't know. Maybe y'all could tell me later. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, yeah, I mean, it's pros and cons to both. Like, I don't right. know that the hair system is the problem as so right. much as how we view the hair system. And I think that's Absolutely. where, in my mind, I get kind of like, does this man use, you know, letters and numbers? It's like, that has no value when you talk about hair. It's not, not, right supposedly right. right not until this was invented so right yeah i um i get it on one side to be able to that's a wide variety of hair right and you mm-hmm. you need some guidance on your type and, and what you can do for your type to get it to right. look how you want it to look not because it's closer to a type that ain't yours but just because that's right. what you want your hair to look like today mm-hmm. um but then on the other side what kind of what does it matter you know, so um, I don't know. I guess I'm an I don't know, too, you know. Um, yeah, you know. And, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I guess that's it. I mean, I guess, I mean, for sure, when you give the history, of course, that's that's not ideal for it to come from that place, right? Right. But right. then when I really think about, like, it's just letters and numbers. Like, it's really just letters and numbers and people assigned so much more than the letter and number to it. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's just the color of our skin too. History will always play a, a place in that, even though it is something that's so small. <laughs> I mean, in reality, in hindsight, like everybody's different. Even white people honestly have a variation of skin tone as well. You've got olive, you've got more tan, you've got more, you know what I mean? Neutral, you know, coming from the world of cosmetics, every skin color has a range. That's true. You know what I mean? I, it, it, it's never, I wish somebody would be walking around talking about some only peachy undertones can, <laughs> only neutral undertones can. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, it, it's, I, I'm not, I mean, I, I'm sure no one's a fan of the situation that we are in today, but the good news is we're having these conversations about it. It's funny. I had a girl at work one time. She was Caucasian with straight hair, and she asked me if I wish my hair was normal. I was oh, like, that, that's problematic. That Who you said my consider hair your hair to be normal. Yeah. Why, why, why do you think my hair isn't normal? And well, you know, I remember I went to a friend's house when I was younger, and she had so many products, and she was getting her hair done by her mom, and it smelled really bad. I was like, "Does your dry shampoo smell good? Does your gel smell good? Does your mousse smell good? It smells like a 
alcohol, right? <laughs> and um, she was like, well, I guess, I guess I was ignorant of me because I'm just, you know, I just don't know what it's like. I was like, so because you see your hair in all the shampoo con- commercials and you see it on TV, people washing their hair and maintaining their hair on a regular basis on the day to day. It's a very normal uh, representation of your hair everywhere. So for you, it's normal. Whereas black hair, which isn't as accepted, hasn't had that level of platform. You consider it not normal to your world. But the only difference between our hair, my hair curls, your hair doesn't. So if you really think about the hair section, go to a CVS pharmacy. On one in the aisle, they got the dry shampoos, all the eliminate oil and shampoos section. That's what's considered the standard beauty hair shampoo, all those cosmetic. And then towards the end where they got the little ethnic section, they have more adding more moisture back in. That's the only difference in what our hair is. I'm trying to hold the moisture and add, put the moisture back into my ends and you're trying to take it out. That is the only I difference. I prefer to think our hair is magic. Um, it is it magic. has magic in there. So I <laughs> feel like magic. there's more difference but, than just... <laughs> it is, but she was just like, you know what I'm saying? Of course, I'm not just going... My hair's going back. Right, okay, right. <laughs> no, you're right. That's not... That's... <laughs> Okay, okay, you know, okay. I'm, I'm explaining this is a way for her to feel stupid at this moment, okay? <laughs> I can't hear it with that much, okay? Uh, but she was like, I never thought about it that way. And oh my goodness, that was such an ignorant statement. Yeah, it was. And I shouldn't have taken the time to educate you on it. I should have just walked the hell up out of here. Well, now she knows. Now she knows. And, and to define, and because I, I did talk about this in Natural Hair Part 1 and Part 2, so that don't nobody think I'm trying to shade. Uh, a certain hair texture the reason why i think our hair is magical because i'm gonna tell you why is because it defies gravity and i don't think it's any other hair i don't think our hair belongs to any other group and so it's it's unique and i'm assigning the term magical to it um and i think it's beautiful and i think it's fascinating and we kind of talked about that on that episode that you know to me to me is magical and it's fascinating. And when other people, not that I think somebody should be touching you without their permission. Mm-mm. I think when other people are amazed and fascinated by it, we kind of don't understand. And I talked about how I think we're the last one to the party to understand that our hair is magical and defies yeah, gravity and magnificent. Right. So that's, so I don't want you to take my magic comment out of context. Um, <laughs> that's why I believe that it is that because I, I think it's fascinating. I think there's no other hair like it. And uh, I think that. Yeah, me other races, it. I think, are quite fascinated by it. Although they may do so offensively, right? Which is a whole separate conversation. I'm not, I'm not giving permission for that. But I think out of their fascination, they offend sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's real. That's very real. Yeah, I always love that comment you made too. It's, it's definitely sat right with me. Y'all be having these Shayla moments. Why just be unpacking shit sometimes? Girl, we the last one to the party. We the only one that don't know we got magical yeah. hair. Yeah, I think I said this exact thing when you said it then, too. I, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, so, you know, the, the moral of the story, ladies, fellow, and let me go while we're on this. I love to see our 
fellas are masculine. We're presenting black community also embracing natural hair. I'm seeing tutorials. I'm seeing them braiding. I'm seeing all of it. And I love that so much. So keep it up. I think these conversations are putting us in the right direction. I just also encourage unpacking along the way because it, it can be a little taxing and it, and it does help you also unpack your own insecurity. We all come from this system that has conditioned a way of thinking. And there's a lot of, when you know better, you do better. And the unlearning that can take some time. Um, so I'm happy to hear we are having these conversations. I hope that the influencers out there who are hopping online and complaining about the hair, don't take what I said too personally. I just want you to love every part of you and understand that even if you have a rough hair day, everybody has a bad hair day, no matter what hair type. Don't always chop it up just because you're natural, honey. Everybody has a bad hair day. Okay. Um, so that's all we've got. Uh, anything else, Shayla? Um, thanks so much for clicking on the episode. Um, please share it with someone if you think they might be interested. As always, feel more you feel more than comfortable to DM us at um, Melanated Intellects on IG and go ahead and follow us, subscribe, and until next time. Bye.